So we've got to hoarding stuff or hoarding stuff podcast number twenty one. We have, yeah. As as it's amazing, says, really. We've got the key of the door now, so we're yeah. grown up and adult, and we've actually got quite a few people who listen to us now, which is brilliant. In olden times, it would have been when you could get married. So our podcast can now, now get married to another podcast. It's official. Actually, maybe we should find a partner. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. If anybody's yeah. listening and you want to partner with us. And have little really? podcast babies. <laughs> Podcastettes. Podlets. Podlets, yeah. Podlets, that's oh, yeah. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, I like mm. that. But we've also got Sam, uh, Sam, with, Sam Wayman with us again, who is... Mm going to be um, doing a PhD in hoarding at Birmingham University. Yeah, because he's clever. Because uh, he's clever, yeah. Nah, clever. Pretending to be, faking yeah. it until I make it. Yeah, but well, you... exactly, that's what you've got to do, Sam. That's exactly it. Mm, exactly. And so we're going to have um, a wide selection of of things we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. So David wants to talk about boilers breaking, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Sam yeah. is going to talk about joining a hoarding research group which is very mm. inclusive and posh yeah. and I think I might just mention the fact that Monday starts hoarding awareness week which is a very is busy week yes it is hoarding oh, I wasn't aware of that so well maybe you're just in obviously didn't work. <laughs> you're in denial about it so tell us about your boiler then David what's happened so, um the boiler um stopped working and that meant that we uh had problems and they came in and they said it's probably that we need to get to the radiators which in our house would have been an impossibility and they said that and if it goes beyond that we have to take the floorboards up so that's a bit scary because i didn't know when they said take the floorboards up i go for catastrophe and think they're going to take all the floorboards up. <laughs> how how are we going to walk around the house with no floorboards? And where does all the stuff go? <clears throat> so we got into a conversation about... <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. We got into a conversation about putting stuff in storage and the Housing Association weren't keen on that. But when they said removing the floorboards, they didn't mean the whole lot. They meant the ones that were near the radiators because wherever the leak is going to be, it's going to be perhaps more likely to be going in to the radiator itself. So they have these little uh, bits that are like inspection hatches they can pull up, right? Just floorboards in a little um, two um, plank, two plank, two plank area. They took that up and they looked in uh, the living room, um, the hallway, and uh, they didn't get into Jane's room. Um, and then they wanted to um, have us look at the radiators because it wasn't what they thought it was. And it was my radiator. <gasps> Your and it had, it had a pinhole in it that um, was letting water out and spouting, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they did that. And, but we had to move loads of stuff around. Mm-hmm. And I had help from um, LifePod. Um, through the auspices of Ruth, who's a, a fairly new worker there, okay. I think. And she was really good, and she kept me on task. Uh, we did a really long session. <laughs> it was really like, yeah, beyond what you would normally do, because we needed to do it to 
and um, she managed to stop me from grumbling, Excellent. which was incredible. I'm normally like, you know, we did about three and a half hours. Wow, David, right. that's amazing. She must be a, um, a magical lady. Oh, I was just chatting away to her and said, no, no, no. by the time I'd realised we'd done it, you know, because I was sort of, oh, she distracted me. It's all right for moving over here. And um, so, yeah, um, and now I've got my bed. It's kind of up against my desk and there's stuff in the corner, but in the living room, you know, in um, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, mm-hmm. when, um, I've forgotten his name, isn't that awful? Uh, Thank you. From the other room comes the sound, Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus plays this character, and at first he makes the mountain that they're going to out of spuds, and then he gets dirt out of the garden and makes this mountain of stuff. Well, our hoarding pile is a bit like that in the li- living room, in the middle of the living room. So it, it's it's not brilliant. But um, and so Jane's... Is, is this the is this the um, is this the one that Jane's not happy with? Yeah, well, she's she's I'm not happy with it either, really. But I I just you know t- tend to try and ignore it if I can. It's very difficult to do. But she's working on it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You mentioned that you when when they said they were going to take the floorboards up, yeah, that you instantly thought that meant taking all the floors. Yeah, at the same time, which is nonsense. I mean, well, (laughs) it would make walking around tricky, as you say. Do you find you often your brain often goes to the worst possible outcome when thinking about your? Yes, yeah. I mean, part of that is because um, I suppose it's the sins of of having quite a creative brain that will you know look at something and go oh they said this surely they must mean because how else do you find the leak you know if <laughs> if it's part way along the pipe obviously they they they, they um suspect it isn't so and the mm. more likely point is at the joint right that, that's yeah, more yeah, likely. Absolutely. but um i mean there's other things that i misunderstand quite a bit and do, just, do you find that happens outside of thinking about hoarding as well yeah like, oh yeah. yeah yeah and sometimes i find it quite amusing because it it's thinking about things and you go and you'll say something and it's like oh that's good i could write a poem about that oh yeah yeah, yeah. my, my um, brain does silly things you know it thinks in silly ways um and then i can represent it um to people you know in a in a mm. kind of odd Sort of way. And it's it's about playing with words, really, I guess. Um, mm. Sometimes, though, it can, the brain can go over the top with it. Mm. Um, yeah, well, it's, it is, one, there was a psychology study that found that people who hoard are more likely to catastrophize the consequences yeah. of forgetting. So you're... Yeah, I think like, I'm, I'm, I mentioned this before, that I had this idea that... <laughs> There would be this person that would come up to me in the street and go, ask me a question, and I wouldn't be able to answer it. And this isn't completely, this is 5%, 10%. And I wouldn't be able to answer them, and they'd stab me <laughs> and run off. And if I went to the pearly gates, you know, I'd go there, and again, they'd ask a question. Like, is it St. Peter or St. Paul? I, don't, I can never remember. But the pearly Peter, but... Peter, yeah, St. Peter. And he'd go, and he'd ask me a question, you know, and i go, I don't know. And he'd go, but you had all those books. It's your own fault. You didn't read those books. And then he'd pull a lever and I'd 
going to the depths. Yeah, mm. that's only ten percent. Only ten percent of my brain. Well, that that is interesting, and it's interesting you say that because in other um, mental health uh, issues and things, you kind of see a similar pattern of mm. catastrophizing outcomes and pe- people thinking about the worst. And I, yeah, yeah. Don't, I don't see that very much uh, talked about when it uh, in relation to hoarding disorder. I think it's there. I think you know people that have. Uh, there was somebody mentioned at the conference that I met Heather at that had kept a leaflet about tyres, changing tyres. But she didn't have a car. And um, she was worried that somebody else might need their their tyres changing. And if she didn't have the leaflet, well, she couldn't tell them about this wonderful offer on tyres. And and you see lots of people hoarding uh, letters they've received Mm. or books Mm. or newspapers to... Mm to to not forget things but i guess yeah i have i haven't heard about think that that yeah as you said your mind went to the worst possible outcome when they mentioned taking the floorboards out which i guess is relating to the state of you to the way your home is and 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 your your bits i think it is quite kind of quite often that you will go um down this route of what what happens next and Mm. Um, and often, obviously, without evidence, without any kind of um, inclination of what's going to happen. And, um, and so in some ways, it is quite handy, because if you're writing a horror novel, right, you, you want to be able to think about the worst possible things that can happen to somebody, or even a, you know, a thriller, you know, a murder mystery. They broke into the library and he wasn't dead doesn't doesn't really work for agatha christie does it really it doesn't, doesn't, no. uh, what mystery are we going to solve um i don't know because there's been no murder uh okay then but probably not so useful when thinking about your day-to-day no task. not really not not it makes you uncomfortable it, it does no, absolutely uncomfortable. it must yeah it sounds yeah probably quite I distressing because, i think it's because it's the unknown Mm-hmm. So and it's the negative unknown. So it's not like oh something lovely is going to happen. I'm not sure what it is, but it'll be great. It's your amygdala, I suppose, that's looking for danger, finding danger way before anything close to danger has happened. Because the very thought of floorboards coming up in this mm-hmm. case has obviously got to be the worst case scenario. I don't. I don't think my brain actually ever goes to. Oh, something wonderful is going to happen. Well, you can train it to, but I you. Don't, would, I, don't, I can't. I you can't, can't think of anything recently that. Has no, no, but that you would have to retrain it because it's been trained over a long, long time mm. to jump into those thoughts. And so the idea is that you sort of you start off with a foot in both camps. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. have a foot in disaster, mm. but you also know that you can have your other foot in it's fine. Mm-hmm. So remember the feeling that you felt when they went, no, 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 just the ones under the radiators. I didn't, really feel, I didn't really feel that much relief, to be honest with you. But, you, but you understood, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah. Understood then, yeah. So you had a sort of, so that gives you a little bit of stability. And then you know, I, I thought, what I thought was, why didn't you say that in the first place? We're just going to take a couple up. Don't worry about it. Instead of going, floorboards, it's all of them. Uh, no, they didn't say that. But you know, the, the kind of like, they could have said, 
It's, it's, it's a delicate procedure. It's almost like keyhole surgery. It's the plumbing version of keyhole surgery. You'll be okay. And they, they didn't do that. So anyway, but anyway, it's done. Um, we didn't have heated water and um, heating for three and a half weeks. Oh, gosh, that's ages. Um, we were allowed, we were given, sorry, not allowed. We were given an electric heater, which we didn't put on. We went with water bottles. And do you remember David of Warwick? I do. Had, uh, had uh, his gas off for, um, I'm going to say, eight years. I think that's right, yes. Um, and so I was like, how did he manage? And I realised... Well, because he yeah. told us his technique, didn't he? That he had two electric blankets, didn't he? He had... Mm. One that he had underneath him and one that he put on top of. Yeah, and of course... Tray, wasn't it? And he, that's how he made a heat sandwich and that's how he kept warm. And, of course, kettles for uh, for water, you see. Uh, not necessarily the most efficient way of doing it, but it is a way of getting your, your hot water and you can have a strip wash or whatever. Because I was thinking in terms of where we are now with um, heading towards autumn and the energy bill's been um, going yeah. up so much. Um, and how people, you know, if your bill is going to be £3,000, as they're suggesting, or 2800 quid. How do you how do you manage to, to do something about it? We'll have to do a lot more huddling. Yeah. A lot more sharing with, of body heat as long as we haven't got another COVID. With, with people that you've never met before coming into your house and Just it sounds a bit... Warmers. People can come around and warm you up. Sounds a bit orgiest, doesn't it, at that point? So, so, no, because you have to take your clothes off for that. There's no oh, that yeah, yeah. none of that nonsense, none of that malarkey. No, Absolutely. put more clothes on. <laughs> but it's, it is very like um, Inuit, isn't it? You know, that you have these people sharing body warmth and your seal skin. No, no seal clothing. skin. We're not having any of that. All right, fake seal skin. Yeah, fake, fake seal skin. Okay. Faux, faux seal skins. Faux seal so skins. So are you all happy now? You say you've got your mound that you've got to deal with. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you've got hot water. That's right. And, and, and all the sort of, 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 of all the alarm bells, like, stopped now. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they, they stopped a, a couple of weeks ago, probably. Um, but, oh, no, but new alarm bells started because uh, then the social work department were involved and they used the word deep clean Yeah. Did you did you tell is Ruth coming back to do? Yeah, Ruth is coming back, and and I did say to the lady from social work, you, you really need to speak to Linda Fair about Excellent. this. That's what I was. That's what, <laughs> that's exactly what you need because also, if the social worker knows that somebody's working with you, that then they'll be really happy, and they won't need to sort I mean, of. It's almost like them. one of those those religious songs. Give me my sword and Linda Fay. <laughs> so she's my shield now for from these people who have not a clue. And you you talk to them about the stuff and you say, you do realise deep clean doesn't work. And these are the reasons why it doesn't work. Deep clean. But I've, I've just... No, I know. I know. It is, it is very frustrating. Did you get them to come along to Voting Awareness Week? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, that there is there is more awareness coming through now. And they are, because I did have a chat with, with this person and said, are you finding more people are coming forward with the challenge of, of um, acquiring too much stuff? Too many arrows of desire, David. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird one. But, um, but anyway, so now 
Um, it is getting a bit better. I, I can see myself one day getting back into my bed. Ooh. I can see myself putting my computer up. I can see myself getting a keyboard, my musical keyboard, onto a stand. I can see myself learning some music, Excellent. writing um, some songs, or even a musical. Um, and, and that's catastrophic thinking as well, because it would be awful for people to hear the songs that I write. Well, no, awful. that's what you could, you could call it, the worst musical ever written. Awful, absolutely awful. Yeah. And uh, and you know how much work it takes. You know somebody who wrote a musical, Heather. I do, yeah. So um, yeah. So that's it, it was fun. It was fun. Mm. So mm. so um, did the social worker say that it was on that she was finding that was on the increase? She did a bit, yeah. She did a bit, um, but I think it's increasing because people are more likely to talk about it than they did before. I think the pandemic's increased it definitely. Mm. And I mean, I don't, that's not just anecdotal. Mm. I know that from people I know who were in quite a good place yeah. before the pandemic hit because they had support and, and then everything stopped uh, and they stopped like working on their, on their stuff. And they started reacquiring because the mm. anxiety of not knowing Mm-hmm. Um, was just too much again. it's it's difficult to tell because i don't know that many people i'm kind of a bit isolated so you um, share my people if you like david no it's, it's all right you, you it's, that's yeah no you can keep those people i know that you yeah. need your people Bye. um but it would be nice if people um that listen to the the, the podcast were to write in and and exp- um, give us an example of what what they're going through yes um, it would be because, very nice um, otherwise, it's just me being a poster boy for acquiring, and it, it gets a bit uncomfortable after a while. But we do get the odd person in, don't we? Like Sam. And, you know. <laughs> well, shall we talk to Sam now? Shall we? Yes. About yes. His, There's about no point in having him here, otherwise, is there? <laughs> just to listen to us waffling on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Bless I'm you. happy to just. It's like a preview of the of the podcast before it goes out. So exclusive first listen. <laughs> Premier. So tell us about how far you've gone with your journey now. How, how have you done so far? Because you finished your thing at the what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I've submitted my um, yeah, submitted that previous project um using the virtual reality headset. So that's all good. I think the last I heard, they were finding um suitable people to market, and they try and find somebody who knows enough about the topic to mark. The project so they are well that might have been a thing for greg do they only use people in the uk i don't know actually i um, mean that's a that's a genuine question we could ask ask greg sorry who, who, who you have to explain who greg, greg Chasson, is who is um he's at the university of no no it's chicago tech i think it is mm. or illinois tech sorry and Illinois, he did yeah. um he did a small uh research project on virtual reality and hoarding um and then Sam sort of liaised with him, but I think he might be an option sam he might be yeah because he has done it so I think the typical procedure is to for them to find people so similar to a phd viva um they go and find or people from the university go and find people from other universities to come and viva the PhD or the project. Um, simply because if I said, oh, you should ask 
so and so. I see. And I was just friends with so and so. Yeah. But I know uh, uh, that within the hoarding research group, there have been a couple of occasions where, not on purpose, but a relationship, uh, people have got to know each other after having vivid each other's students yeah because yeah, there's, no, just, there's just not that many people it's a, it's a small world isn't it exactly and and it's the same with insight uh, in science and specifically psychology there's this process of when you want to publish a project or an experiment that you've done you get it peer-reviewed so yeah, it's yeah. sent to yeah. other other people in the field yeah. who um have an, have a similar interest they check the the experiment's all okay and then it's allowed to go to publishing however in very niche fields whether that's physics psychology whatever you might have already heard about so-and-so doing this kind of project and then you're asked by a publisher oh can you review this for us and you're mm. like oh, i actually know they're handed to them anonymously so there's no names no university right. on there you're just given this thing to review however if you're in very niche um circles that's that's the case but it can't be many people even though they're anonymous so you, you could probably sort of work out who, who it is couldn't you yeah but that's but they do various steps to try and combat these things mm. but yeah yeah my it's been it has been encouraging and i've i was i was saying to these two before we hit the record button that i've uh attended a couple of meetings with the hoarding research group and it's been reassuring to know that there are more people researching hoarding mm. um, about because otherwise it's quite a quite a big thing to tackle the understanding of from an academic sense by by myself. <laughs> I think Oxford, Oxford University are doing quite a few um, different different research projects at the moment. I I know because very often they'll come. There's a sort of round robin. You know, they come to all the social enterprises that work with people who hoard for mm. to ask if there are any people that we know who would take part in the experiment. So Oxford are doing about three different ones, which I think I've sent on to you. Yeah, and, yeah, I think I've And the University of East Anglia did um, a research into what was needed and they came up with exactly what we're doing in Birmingham with the project. And, mm. and so I just got in touch with them and I said, you're absolutely right, but we're already doing it. And they went, oh, my God, we've got to talk to you, we've got to talk to you. Yeah, so and I think I've, I was in a meeting with them. Um, yes, the, a lady called Sarah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. who completed that study. I, I must say I, I'm a bit rubbish at remembering people's names and pairing them up with what they've done. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's quite exciting yeah. to be able to that bounce ideas off and talk through things. And it means as well if if I've got a research idea and somebody else in the group goes actually somebody else has already done that then I know not to do that and I can mm. learn the, the question that I otherwise you don't have. want to reinvent the wheel do you oh, time exactly time. So, but yeah. I like the idea of the hoarding research group being a group of people that get together and teach people how to do their hoarding better yeah. <laughs> this, is how to, this is how to hoard stuff faster <laughs> that'd be great there was well, um, uh, we went to an OCD um, conference mm -hmm. and they did some sort of uh, play, play act, no, what do they call it? Role play stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this lady who, who actually hoards, but she, um, 
they were role playing people turning up to um, an OCD group and wanting to talk about what they did. And so mm. she turns up as somebody who hoards and she was so good at this. She should have been an actor, really. But she turned up and she so they're all sort of pretending to be in the group. And she's like, and they said, oh, well, we've got we've got Jane, let's call her, as as the new person this evening. Welcome, Jane. And she said, oh, I've been really excited about coming to this because, um, you know, I, I, I really was looking for a group that I could talk to about my shopping. And and they said, well, yes, you've come you've come to a good place here. And she said, mm. no, it's fantastic because um, I've been looking forward to like sharing some tips with people on how to do it better. Because I do yeah. lots of shopping, but I'm sure I could do more. And that more was more shopping. That was more hoarding. The whole thing was about. Oh. She really kept it well. It was so good, so that she'd thrown that out to them, and they had to sort of talk her down from her. From, yeah, yeah. From her yeah. misconceived idea about what the OCD group. It's a bit Oliver Twist, isn't it? Please, yeah. sir, can I have some more? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, um, I, I think that it would be great to, at some point in the future to do. Um, a reverse of what we tend to do and do a positive spin on acquiring. Yeah. Uh, an entire podcast where it's just the positives of, of having stuff. <laughs> oh, why not? Why not? <laughs> it would amuse me no end. Uh, but I don't know. You need you need people in for that, you see, because, uh, uh, yeah, you need to talk to people about that. Well, we Maybe. could get up a little posse of excellent acquirers. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we could. I think uh, it would be good with seven, because then you'd have the magnificent seven, you see. That would be, be great. That would be. But, seven pins. Um, so yeah. what's next with the hoarding research group then, Sam? What, what do they do next? Well, they've all got their, so they're kind of, they're, from different universities, as, as Heather said, there's some from East Anglia, so in Norwich, Northumbria, a um, couple of others as well, I think. Um, and it seems um, a fairly new new to their group, so um, still to see what they do regularly, but it seems mm. like just a place for people to come together, discuss their ideas for their research, if anybody has any thoughts of oh, that might not work because of X, Y, and Z, or have you thought mm. about coming from a problem from ang- this angle? Um, yeah. it's, which is really good because some of them come from different backgrounds as well. So I, I'm, for example, from a very psychology background, um, whereas others are much more from a, a kind of our ex-social workers mm. and so are, or are still social workers and doing research as well. And so have a very different lens to understanding yeah, hoarding yeah. whereas uh, and that's really interesting I think and very important for understanding because each of those views and is very very useful and for I, I find it helpful always hearing about a social worker's perspective on mm. a situation um, just because they'll approach it very differently to how I will. A lot of the time they'll, they'll view it in terms of economics as well what what the deep council clean. can do deep clean, deep clean. <laughs> i'll tell you if she's if she's thinking about a deep clean she's going to be getting some deep heat that's that's how it, <laughs> that's how it works i'm sorry so um what about yourself heather what's been new with yourself since we last spoke so this it's this is an exciting time of year for me because mm. as i said next week is 
Hoarding Awareness Week. So Hoarding mm. Awareness Week was started by the Chief Fire Officers Association, as was, which mm-hmm. has now been disbanded and renamed the National Fire Chiefs Council. And they um, got together because firefighters were asking for more information about hoarding in general. So they put together a panel, um, which conveniently used to meet just up the road from where I live in Tamworth. Well, Tamworth, it's a half an hour drive and always had a nice lunch. And um, we decided that it would be nice to have a specific national time Mm -hmm. when people could think about doing things. And so we put together this idea and it was launched at the House of Parliament, which was nice and posh. And we had a side room. We didn't have the big room. We had a side room and we had lovely, mm. lovely food and did talks and um, and the fire. There's a fire minister, which always makes me think that he just goes around setting fire to politicians. Fire but minister. There's a fire minister. Yeah. And he came and sort of. Is he, is he protected by a fire guard? <laughs> he... <laughs> he should have been, shouldn't he? There's so many quips that you could make. But there so are. he officially opened the, the and then. It sort of didn't go anywhere. It's the following year, not really much happened. And so I think it was in 2016, someone said, well, can we contact the fire service and see if we can take it up again? Mm -hmm. And so I got in touch with them. As I said, they disbanded um, the Chief Fire Officers Association. Then they said, yeah, that's fine. Um, But we aren't like the central organisers of it. Mm -hmm. And so I decided... I didn't want to let it die because I thought it was a good idea. There was a lady from a housing association called Julie Wilson. She was involved in it as well. Megan Carnes from Hoarding UK. Mm. And um, I set up the website for it and and have maintained it sort of not brilliantly because, um, well, just because. Time. <laughs> yeah, Time. And money. <laughs> yeah. And knowledge yeah. because I have to get people to do it because I'm too yeah. dopey to do it myself. But it stayed. And so last year we did, we decided to sort of try and do something. Um, we also took it to America and we said to the Americans, why don't you join us in Hoarding Awareness Week, which they haven't yet, but it would be nice. I was, I did send the invite to Greg. Um, so I was going to ask him tonight, but we're just doing a webinar every day with a different topic. Right. Uh, yeah. for, well, it'll be 45 minutes and there's 15 minutes of questions. Mm-hmm. But we've got really hundreds of people that are coming. Do you want um, to give us the details of where people can find that? So if, if people go to www.hoardingawarenessweek.org.uk, then you can click on a link there where you can um, sign up for all these free webinars. It will take you to the event mm. right link. Right. And um, as long as we don't get over 500 for each one, then my Zoom account has been extended to take oh. to take up extra capacity. So there are a lot of people that have... Uh, and will you it. be recording the event? No, I'm not going to record them. Um, oh, OK. Because, well, I'm not recording them because it's, if you record things, sometimes it stops people from talking uh, openly. Yeah. So yeah, the last yeah. day, so we're, we're, we're talking about um, understanding... Trauma and hoarding is the first one. Right. Then um, child, child safeguarding mm-hmm. and hoarding. So, but but with a view to keeping the family together, mm. but working with the parents. 
And then Wednesday, Sam is doing his bit about the psychology of hoarding. And Thursday, we're looking at challenging conversations and how to use the practices in mediation, because mediation is actually quite a big, long procedure that people can have training in. But it's like, I think it's two years worth of training that they do. Mm. Um, So they're just looking at some of the techniques that are used in mediation. Because there has to be a sort of a compromise. Um, yeah, so that's it. It's, it's how to sort of negotiate with people in a fair way. And then the Friday is open forum. So Friday yeah. is just called Let's Talk About Hoarding. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I think I'm just going to drop uh, a thing. You know, I'm just going to think of a sentence or a, or a you know, a suggestion and, uh, and then let people talk about it. You, you like the, the prompts, don't you? You like to have a, a thing that people um, base their stuff on. Yes, I'm, ju- I'm just going to have like a saying and then say, what does everybody feel about this? Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, but last year we did that and there were people that came from everywhere, from Canada, from America, mm. from Holland, I think. It's so, really good. Um, yeah, it was, it was excellent. Really, nice I really see. enjoy it. Really enjoy it. So if I'm just sitting, I'm sorry, my, my brain's sitting here going that, that Sam looks like a frowny Orlando bloom at the moment. It's a, it's a, I had to say it. It was in my head. I had to say it. I'm sorry. Because for those of you who are listening, we are actually doing, we record these on Zoom so we can see each other, (laughs) but we just use the audio, not the visual. And it's it's Orlando Bloom in Pirates of the Caribbean as well. So, uh, you know. I'll take that as a compliment. uh, Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd have that, definitely. It's great that there is the awareness week. Yes, I think it's a really good, it's a really good idea because, this year I did a toolkit as well that I sent to people with a bit of history about it and then some suggestions, you know, you could do this, this, this and this, mm-hmm. you know, and if you do do something for Hoarding Awareness Week, please tell us because then we'll mm-hmm. put it on the website so that, you know, you can build up a series of things that happen. So one year I did a, a, a booklet for GPs because GPs right. don't really understand hoarding very well. So it's a little booklet just quick overview for GPs, but GPs are really important because they well, get you know, for health referrals and things you might need. It's you know? very difficult for GPs because they they they're like a, a gateway to everything else. Absolutely, except social workers. They right, don't yeah. refer you to social yeah. workers for some reason. I don't know why, but mm. they don't. Weird, eh? I know, I know, but a bit odd. Yes, yeah, so that's all of us. So you've got heating and hot water now. Yeah, heating great. and hot water is nice. wash. Well, and, uh, do I have um, to, really? Well, I take a bath once a year, even if I don't need it. Well, that's a, bit, right. that's a little bit um, exaggerated of you, isn't it? And greedy, using all that water. All that water. I put a brick in the bath so it doesn't that's fill good. up as much. That's good. That's Second good. World War practices. <laughs> Well, there's a thing, isn't it, that you can get for to put in the system of your toilet, so you yeah. don't use so much water. Isn't it a creature? Right. Isn't it a like a hippopotamus or something? And you put it in your in what? Your so what kind easier. of a toilet have you got? I, I've got a cruel toilet that has a creature in it. No, I haven't. I haven't even got one. I haven't even got one. What toilet? <laughs> no, of course I haven't got a toilet. What do you think? I, you know, just because you've got one, luxury. It's true. It's still a hole in the ground in the back gardens is all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so you're, you're actually genuinely telling me you do not have a thunderbox. 
No, I have a slender box. I've got two oh. now, actually. I've got one downstairs, one upstairs. Woohoo! Yeah. Wow. You're Heather Toulouse. <laughs> yep, that's me. Double WC. <laughs> yes, no, I've, I've been, and my mother in law said, You've got a toilet downstairs now. And I said, Yes, should I can come and visit then? Oh, that's nice. That's good. Which I wanted to. No, I wanted to. I liked her. She's very nice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, she she can't get upstairs anymore. Right then, I think that's us done for this um, this session. So hopefully, podcast twenty two will involve Doctor Chasson, um, and we're going to talk about VR and hoarding, virtual reality and hoarding again, which we've Uh done, but we're going to do it again with American influences. So that will be great. Well, are they much different to British influences? I don't know. We will we'll learn. find out, won't we? We yeah. will learn. So, yeah. So, um, so, yes, as David says, please do get in touch with us if you are listening to us and you've got something you'd like us to waffle on about or you've got a question or you've got comments. It's mm-hmm. nice. It'd be nice to hear um, from the anonymous numbers that we know listen to our podcast it would be good to hear can you give them the email address for you not me no the email address you not me, me. <laughs> um, david does have one but i won't i do his, i do but i, I very rarely see it email him so my email address is help at cloudsend.org.uk and seriously right. we would love to hear from you we so. would yeah so thank you for those who listen i hope you enjoy hoarding awareness week and if you listen to this in time, mm-hmm. then I hope you'll join us for some of our webinars next week. And maybe Sam can write to us and say, you know, that guy you work with, could you stop him from, from comparing me to film stars? Because it's, <laughs> it's just annoying. It's just you'll annoying. have to have a, a new, new one for me each time we record one of these. It's true. You'll have to dye your hair blonde and then you'll be just like David Bowie. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have to dye one of your eyes a different colour. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. And we will talk to you in podcast 22. Mm.